Hello and welcome to episode 75 of Reds Unrestricted. I'm your host Chloe Boxham and I'm joined by David Comerford and Dan Club as we react to the absolutely unreal news uh, that Mo Salah has signed a new deal. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Um, what an absolute fardy this is, that's what I can say. Uh, first of all, um, I do want to get your reactions uh, to, to what you thought when Salah's agent put that laughing face up on Twitter because I just saw the entirety of LFC Twitter going to meltdown and I didn't understand what had happened. I thought I'd missed something and I messaged someone and I said, have I missed something here? Like, why, why are we all fuming? Um, and then about 20 minutes later, he replied to me just saying, oh, my God, he's signed. So, Dan, I'll come to you first. What did you think when his agent put that tweet up? Did you think it was some cryptic thing? To be honest with you, no, not really, um, because it's, it's, it's similar to what he's done before. Like, we've seen him tweet similar things about Salah and the contract saga and even, like, you know, after his performances and what have you, is obviously unreal performances. We've seen him do this sort of thing before now, and I just kind of took it as, oh, here he is again, another... It is cryptic, and it is his sort of mind game, just the way he goes about his business. And I just said... I, I just wrote it off, to be honest, I must admit. Um, didn't expect anything to come of it. Didn't expect that, what, an hour and a half, two hours later, we'd be seeing Salah signs a new deal talk. Just didn't see it coming at all. And then... I actually went on a walk after I finished work this afternoon and while I was walking, went on Twitter and seen Liverpool had like replied, quote tweeted his original laughing face and I thought, that's really bizarre. Because that's not the sort of thing that the official Liverpool account would do, normally speaking. And that's when it all kind of fell into place in my mind, to be honest. Yeah, like you said, he's done this many times before. So I, I really didn't understand why Liverpool Twitter was going into utter meltdown. Uh, I you know, for all we know, he could have been laughing at something that had happened at Wimbledon. Uh, that's going on now. I, hmm. Another sporting event. Um, but David, what did you think? Because obviously Liverpool quote tweeted him. We didn't quote tweet him now until Salah had posted a photo of him by a poolside. And then everyone started going into meltdown a bit even more. And slowly there was a little video with the Liverpool top by the poolside. And then they released... Um, the actual video of the announcement. So what did you think to the, the whole cryptic messages, you know, Jamie Carragher tweeting uh, to his agent? And I, I'm I'm going to believe that he didn't have a clue because I just am. Um, but I, I like that thinking, uh, so yeah, maybe something is going on here. Then. Like he must have seen something and has reacted to something and I've just missed it. But what did you think, David? So I saw the um the tweet this morning of the laughing face and I was like I, I assumed that there was just some report that had gone round that I hadn't seen um about the contract situation like um and he was just kind of like making a, a mockery of it like he has done in the past like Dan said um but I was actually out when they tweeted the it was like a face palm emoji I think that the Liverpool account did and. Was it like 20 minutes, I think you said, Chloe, between that and like it becoming clear that it was actually a contract? But those 20 minutes would have been quite terrifying, I think, because like you start on someone who's gained control of the Liverpool account, like what's actually <laughs> what's actually going on here kind of thing. So fair play to them because um, the way they've done it, they, they've done it with a lot of kind of dramatic flair, I'd say. 
um, and they had literally everyone panicking. I've literally just seen a um, just before we started recording, I saw like a montage on Twitter of some of the replies to um, his agent's tweet. People absolutely just you know hailing insults at him effectively, um, and his agent's probably just sitting there laughing to himself, knowing what's going to happen um, a little bit further down the line. So. Yeah, it has completely come out the blue. I think I think that's the thing, and it's one of the things I wanted to say is like, how many times have we seen now Liverpool basically like announcing huge news, whether it's transfers, contracts, whatever, and there's no forewarning of it. And I think that's the reason. If people had an inkling or had heard from journalists that you know there was progress being made, they'd probably be able to put the pieces together. But it's because Liverpool keep everything so tightly under wraps now until the very last moment. That I think that's the reason everyone was panicking because it has, you know, come out of nowhere really. Um, so yeah, very dramatic, and I'm I'm almost glad I wasn't kind of right in the thick of it on Twitter for those twenty minutes or however long it was. Yeah, it it really was about twenty two minutes or so. Um, but Salah has signed a new deal for three years, uh, three hundred and fifty thousand per week. Um, and I'll come back to you, David, because I want to know how confident you were maybe during the season, towards the end of the season. And I also want to add in, maybe with Mane leaving, has that, you know, created more funds that we've been able to say, yeah, okay, let's give him what he wants, keep him here. And we've got a bit more of a stable idea of what's going to happen in the future. And we've also got Salah for, you know, the remaining best years of his uh, career, hopefully. But um, do you think Mane leaving has had uh, an effect on that? Well, that's not really something I've... I've thought about, you know, up to this point, like, but there might be something in it. Um, insofar as like, obviously you've had Nunez come in as Mane's replacement, but I'm pretty sure Nunez is only on like 140k a week, something like that. So that's a significant kind of dip, really, from what Mane would have been on. I think so. There is actually space that's opened up in the wage bill because of that. So I think there might be something in that, and and also kind of having the clarity as well you know, with Mane going. And I think that slightly caught the club by surprise, maybe, in terms of, like, there wasn't really much noise about Mane wanting to go. And we were, we were hearing in the media that there was actually going to be more contract talks in the summer. Um, so I think maybe you, there might be something in what you're saying there, Chloe, in terms of, like, they want now to have basically this Diaz slash Jota Nunez um, and... And Salah front three kind of locked in for a bit now and just wanting to kind of keep that bit of stability with Mane going, like you say. In terms of whether I was confident or not, I'd have to say no, um, to be honest. Like, this has gone on. I can't really remember the first time that we kind of identified it as an issue, but it's a long time. We, we've mm. spent probably hours collectively on the podcast, like talking about it and, and the various stages of it. And I think the reason I wasn't optimistic was I mean, there's probably two. Number one, a lot of the time Liverpool kind of have have these like stances and they, they're just set in stone. And it's because they have this model and they're going to kind of adhere to it rigidly. Um, and I know we'll talk a bit later on about what this kind of means for that model and the repercussions it might have. But I kind of thought it was kind of who blinks first situation, really. Um, and it didn't look like either side was, was going to um, for a large period there. And I guess the other reason that I wasn't confident would be, and it's kind of something we've already touched on, the relationship between the two parties didn't seem to be good. You know, Salah and his interviews, I think, had become increasingly, like, frustrated, really. Not to, like, a a huge degree, but you could kind of sense that undercurrent there. Um, 
and like the stuff with his agent, like laughing at what Klopp said and stuff, it seemed like the environment wasn't the best for a kind of constructive negotiation. Um, so it, like, like I say, it is, it is a complete surprise to me that it's actually happened today. Um, and I was really, as the weeks went by, starting to think more and more about the possibility that, you know, he was going to go next year. Yeah, and Dan, I'll get your take on, on, you know, how confident you were because, like David alluded to, it is out of the blue. I didn't, mm. ex- I don't think anyone expected any any news like this. Um, maybe we've all been too focused on the transfer window and we forgot about something or, you know, but the fact that journalists didn't even pick up on it really says that that stuff's been going on, the, on in the background. And also, I want to get your confidence level with Jürgen Klopp being our manager because, to me, that is... We've uh, I've heard journalists say that the one of the biggest reasons why obviously Salah has stayed is because Jurgen Klopp, the project he had many many like chats with him, um and basically Salah is the vocal point of this project. He you know he is the star, um and I guess you know with Jurgen Klopp, we used to be a club that where we can look at Coutinho, um he decided to use us as a stepping stone and, and left to go to Barcelona. Yeah. Um, and the grass wasn't greener for them. Now we see him with the manager that we've got, with you know where we are. Um, we are very much a club that you don't leave as a stepping stone. It's anyone else as a stepping stone to get to Liverpool, and once you mm. get here, you stay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just just on my confidence in it happening initially, um, I was with Dave. To be honest, I didn't really envisage it. It felt like the moment had almost passed. We'd spoken about it that much, not only on here, but I imagine in our friendship groups and we'd almost spent so much time thinking about it, not only talking about it. It just felt like it was going to come to a conclusion. Like Dave mentions the FSG model there, and, and they live and die by it, and rightfully so in many aspects, you'd have to say. Um, and it just felt like, we've seen it with Gina Wijnaldum recently, um, we weren't willing to stretch to hit what he wanted demand-wise, and it felt like the same was going to happen with Salah. I definitely think there's something in Mane leaving, freeing up a little bit of that wage bill. I think that makes a lot of sense. It might give us the extra bit over the scales, and Nunes hasn't demanded as much as what Sadio Mane would have, for instance. So there is definitely money freed up there, which has obviously helped. Um, but yeah, I didn't see it happening. I certainly didn't see it happening today. It came right out of left field, which is testament to how Liverpool do their business. Because like Dave said again earlier, you don't hear about these big sort of earth shattering deals until they're pretty much nailed on and done. We've seen that now a few times, like Darwin Nunes, you know, you hear about it. And then 12 hours later, he's through the door. He's shaking Andrew Mighty Red. Whereas if you look at our arch enemies, Manchester United, they're still that 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 Frankie De Jong deal or Frankie De Jong rather is the most protracted football deal in history already. I think it's ludicrous. So different ways of operating, and I must prefer ours, quite frankly. Um, but as for Salah, and I suppose it's a bit of a statement from us. Actually, I think um, it might be almost. It does show how far we've come. And I think we knew that anyway, because obviously the silverware or in the cabinet shows us that under Klopp. But you're right to bring up your likes of Coutinho and even Luis Suarez to a certain extent and Fernando Torres before that. And they thought, oh yeah, Liverpool, great club. Enjoyed my time there. But I can go to XYZ and I can win a lot more. I can achieve a lot more. That's not the case anymore. The best players in the world, a.k.a. Mohamed Salah, is looking at this football club and going, I'm fine here. I can stay here. No issue whatsoever. 
Like, I can achieve everything I want right where I am. And that's huge for us. Obviously, it's took FSG to slightly tweak their model in terms of giving a new contract. They've done it with Henderson, but they've given a new, big, lucrative contract to somebody over the age of 30. But when it's Mohamed Salah, it's just a no-brainer. Like, you've both used the word stability, and I think that's the key here. Like, we've signed Darwin Nunes, we've got Luis Diaz, both brilliant, both really exciting. But having lost Mane, we needed someone we could bank on. And you can bank on Mohamed Salah's goals. Like, we've seen it time and time again. We know now we're going into the season with someone who's going to score a lot of goals. Like, I know there was talk that we were going to keep Salah for a season and he might go at the end of the year. I didn't like that because you, there's always the fear that come, like, February time next year, his mind's going to be on his move to Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus. That's done now. He's a Liverpool player for the next three years, so... It's a huge, huge moment for the club. It's great news. Um, and obviously, you're right to mention Klopp's role in it. Klopp signing his new deal recently was always going to play a part in what we did moving forwards. And this is probably the first big sign of it. He said to Sally, he wants him to be the focal point, the face of the new project. It, it's all good. It really is. Yeah, it really is all good. And uh, Salah, who is 30, um has a three-year contract, which will obviously take him to the age of 33. And David, I want to get your thoughts on this. Three years, Liverpool have been against the philosophy of giving big contracts, and not just in terms of how much, but also how long. Um, They're very worried about giving long contracts to players who are getting into their 30s and, you know, maybe in several years' time on at the level that maybe we need them to be. But you can pretty much guarantee that Salah for the next three years will be there or thereabouts. Um, so what do you think on the, the, the three years? The fact that it is three years, it gives us stability and it kind of gives another, uh, you know, we were already excited, but it's gave us this lift that I don't think any new signing could give us because you know you've got a player there who he's absolutely adored by everyone. But he can guarantee you so much. He's such a good player. He's been so influential for us. Um, and hopefully he will continue to be so. And that's a worry that we do not need to think about for three years' time. I mean, the thing about lifting the mood was something that I was actually wanting to say at some stage. Like, I think, obviously, you know, we had this like parade at the end of the season. Um, and it meant that there was a kind of sense of closure, I think, and that. We, we found kind of solace in that, really. But I do think, despite that, and it, it will have given the players a big lift, as someone has said at the time, I think despite that, it was it was brutally end of last season. And I don't know about you two, like, every time I think about that Champions League final, it's still like a punch in the stomach for me. Um, Really, like, any sort of recollection of it. And then, you know, on top of that, you obviously have what happened on the final day of the Premier League. So... It's hard to say what the mood of the club is like at the moment, but this, I think, will elevate it significantly um, just before as well. I mean, talk about time, and it's literally the Friday before the Monday where the players return for pre-season, so it's perfect from that point of view in terms of in terms of giving that lift. Um, because, you know, they'll have read the stories and, and they'll have been concerned as well um, about the situation. Um, I've just seen a, you know, a tweet from Virgil van Dijk as well, where he's, I think he's just posted like a gif in reply, like he's obviously buzzing about it. Um, and I think that probably kind of speaks to the mood generally in the camp as well. But yeah, to, to come on to the, the three years thing, 
you know, it's it's being billed as like a long term contract, um, which it kind of isn't in a way. I, I feel like three years is like medium term, really. You know, four and five or above is like is like long term, and then obviously short term, one or two years. Um, so that's so that's interesting. I'd say, I think a lot of the time when we thought about it, it was like the club are reluctant to hand him, you know, the kind of five year deal that we would normally see. Um, but I did read not that long ago. I think it was uh, might have been James Pierce, right? And it said, you know, Salah would be open to this kind of shorter deal, and maybe it suits both parties in that respect. I think what Liverpool will do is they'll kind of get to twenty twenty four, um, kind of the year before the, this contract expires, and they'll think they kind of reassess and they'll see what kind of level Salah's performing at, and I believe that if he is still kind of putting up the, the numbers and he is sort of living up to this billing of a player who can really sustain his output well into his 30s because of the you know physical condition that he's in largely. Um, then I think there could be another contract as well after that potentially, but obviously we, we don't need to think about um, that at, at this particular moment. I just think um, it probably is the most sensible move if, um, like you say, Chloe, the club have reservations about committing to I mean, if you give them the extra two years, for example, on the contract, you can you can see why the club might be a bit cautious about doing that because that's a huge, you know, um, financial commitment potentially. Yeah, it is, uh, especially considering three hundred and fifty grand a week is pretty much unheard of. Um, I think he is now the highest paid player in Liverpool history, um, which I mean, we obviously can understand why. I mean, I've been on and on over the situation of you know. How much do we pay him before we we cut the limit because of the wage structure we have? Um, and it, I think, although you know, I don't want us to to venture out and and break the structure because the structure is working so well. It's also a case of this is just modern day football now. It is a case of you've got to move with the times, and sadly, football is very much more a business type of thing. Players get stupid amounts of money. Um. You know, look at the owners that we've got in our league. A load of them are just rich and 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 can buy whoever they want, give players whatever they want. Um, but I'll get your thoughts on it, Dan. Um, Klopp has said that Salah's best years are yet to come, and that's quite mm. scary to think of when you when you think about what he's actually delivered for Liverpool so far. Um, I'm pretty sure I agree with with Jurgen Klopp. He, he'll be brilliant for us. But what do you think for the next three years? Yeah, just just to say on sort of the wages before I do, um, you, you are right. It's just what you've got to do. It's keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it? Quite frankly, you know, I, I'm with you. I like the way we run the club, but at some point, you know, you have to give in. And and overall, our, our whole salary this summer has probably gone down slightly, given Manny leaving. Like I said earlier, so one of them things. But yeah, um, hopefully his best years are ahead of him because we're in for a good ride if they are. Um, Dave's already said the man is in, you know, extraordinary physical condition. So there's absolutely no reason to believe why um, he wouldn't be as good as he's ever been, if not better, um, for the next three years. Because, like, we, we've all spoke about it a million times. He He's in incredible physical shape, like I say. He doesn't drink, you know, his diet will be extraordinary. He's just phenomenal, phenomenal footballer, phenomenal human being, quite frankly. Um we all know it is well documented dip, sort of this the back half of last season. But I think the wind is just taken out of his sails with the Afcon stuff and then the World Cup qualifying stuff. It's no, 
it's no coincidence, in my opinion, that we've seen Sadio Mane really kick on towards the end of the season after winning AFCON and then obviously qualifying for the World Cup. He had a really good end, whereas Salah went the opposite way. I think that was a sort of direct correlation as to what happened on the international stage. Um, but now Salah's going to have a good break, come back nice and refreshed, with a nice shiny new contract, nice decent pay rise. Um, and I think a lot of his pay is incentivized as well. I think it's sort of 350 basic and then bonuses could take it upwards thereafter so if his agent is mad keen on him getting more money then it might mean he scores even more goals so it bodes well um but yeah the man loves playing for liverpool football club um jürgen klopp said it's his club um and i think that sort of reflects in his performances he's very selfish but he also loves winning trophies so it's the perfect combination for a striker i think yeah you've got to be selfish at times when you're in front of goal but um, overall, you, you need to do what's best for the uh, the club. And I think he realises that. Um, I think when you've asked him he, several times, he's stated that, you know, individual, um, like, trophies mean absolutely nothing to him. He'd much rather win the Premier League or the Champions League uh, with the Reds and give the fans something. But, um, I mean... I think, well, I hope that obviously you mentioned uh, how Salah played towards the end of last season. I hope this is a massive lift for him. He's got what he's wanted. He gets to stay at a club where he's adored and where he's put in, you know, an unbelievable array of performances. He knows he can do it at this level. Um, And, you know, I, I hope it makes him ready to go again because, like you said, David, the end of last season, I think all of us were just glad when the football was over. Um, like I couldn't deal with another half of football. It was like too much. It had exhausted you from your emotions. And that's a fan, never mind when you're actually in it. And even though it's a collective performance and you win collectively, it is also an individual medal you get in that, an individual award that goes on your stats, your records to say, oh yeah, Mo Salah did win this at his time at Liverpool. So, I mean, what do you think, Jack, and his next three years at Liverpool are going to be just as good? Hopefully, we will get um, a, you know, a good amount of the trophies there. But um, what do you think his next three years look like in a Liverpool shirt? I mean, obviously, like, it's interesting context-wise, like, for it to come straight after, you know, like you've mentioned, that dip that he had um, last season. Because in terms of, really, his kind of rate of goal score, and that's probably... You know, I don't know this for the fact, but I'd imagine that's near enough his worst stretch in a Liverpool shirt. Um, I put a lot of it down to like fatigue, physical and mental, like Dan said. Just you know, the the sheer volume of of football that he was playing, and I think at a certain point that is just inevitably going to take its toll. Um, to be honest, and my hope with that is, um, you know, we see him come back revitalized because. There hasn't, you know, there has been a bit of summer football, um, really with sort of qualifiers and then and the Nations League, um, which obviously Salah was involved um in the Afcon qualifiers, I think it was, um, for Egypt. And I think then I think he picked up an injury. So hopefully that's just something that um was kind of a precautionary thing and he was able to kind of recover from that away from the spotlight and that he'll come back on Monday um and that he'll be very fresh and um, ready to kind of return to the levels that we've seen him at for a number of years. And I just think, um, you know, you talk about how last season ended. I do think there's an element of like, you know, that parade I mentioned earlier, I, I wonder now, and it's just something that just occurs to me then really, 
when you have that, is he looking at all the fans in the streets and especially, you know, admirable for the, all the fans to come out as they did, given that everyone's heart had basically been broken the night before. And I just wonder if those moments and whether this will come out in um, any sort of interview he does in the future, if those kind of moments just make you think, I can't, you know, I can't leave this football club kind of thing. And and he, like, like, like you said, he is adored at Liverpool and I don't think he'd have that kind of strength of bombers to force anywhere else. Um, and it's easy for me to say that because he's getting paid 250k a week, which is bottom line, probably the most important thing. Um, I'm aware of that, but whether it in terms of like, you know, I mentioned before relations weren't that great. Is he kind of seeing what happened at that parade, for example, and then nudging his agents to be like, you know what, let's try and have, negotiate on a better foot kind of thing. So I wonder if that's played the part too, but in terms of what Salah's next three years look like, um, it's it's hard to envisage him kind of getting even better at this point. Although the start of last season was, was scary, um, without a doubt. Um, but I'm I'm confident, and I, I kind of said this consistently that he can keep up his levels and and the incredible consistency he's shown in terms of his kind of end figure, um, of goal scored and uh, and being right up there with the elite players. Um, I'm confident that he can keep that up for the length of this contract, definitely. Yeah, and you mentioned the wage structure there. You've already heard, obviously, Man and Dan's thoughts on that. But what do you think on it? Is it just the fact that he's worth that and in this, you know, day like modern day football, you've just got to give them that. Otherwise, you know, who are you bringing in? That is the level of Salah who can give you the numbers that Salah gives you, but not for a stupid amount of money anyway. Is do you think? Yeah, he's got the three hundred and fifty k, and yeah, he's worth it. I mean, Salah's like wage was, I think, about 200k previously. And you look at that and you say, that's really like undervaluing them salary wise. People have kind of pushed back on that and said, you don't realize how much he's actually getting in terms of bonuses. And that Liverpool's wage structure is built so much around these, these bonuses that in reality, he's actually up there with the other players. So you probably you don't want you probably don't want to make too much of like a deal out of that and say that he was like hugely underpaid. But in terms of like when you look at the actual base salaries, I'm pretty sure like Virgil van Dijk when he signed a new deal last summer, it's kind of roughly like 225k, I think. Um, and he would would have been like the highest earner alongside kind of Thiago, maybe Allison up there as well, because obviously this was before Salah's new deal. Um so you look at that and you think that does seem really low for a club of Liverpool standing. And what you have now is Salah, you know, shattering really that wage ceiling and ending up sort of at least 100k ahead, I think, in terms of his weekly earnings. But what I think is good about this with the timing is that, do you remember last summer we had uh, Van Dijk, Alisson, Fabinho, um, Trent signed a new deal. There's probably a couple of others that are missing out too. So many of these key pieces signed new deals that they will not be immediately saying, hang on, we need to kind of jump up into the into this bracket because there is that big disparity now. So I think time and wise that will that won't be an issue for another few years when their contracts come around again. Um so it works out okay in that respect. Obviously now the wage structure that we have worked hard to maintain isn't you know completely decimated or whatever, but this will have an effect and this will change expectations of everyone else at the club. But when it's most Salah, no one has as good a claim as he does, obviously, um, to to that kind of salary. 
And the replacement thing that you mentioned is interesting as well. Obviously, it's a thought process for Liverpool. Is is it cheaper for us to commit to a new contract for Salah? Like, what's more, more cost effective? Or do we bring in someone? Do we back ourselves to nail the replacements again, as we've done in the past? And can he put up Salah's numbers? You'd think now, based on the contract that they've given him, that they're, they've come to the conclusion that, no, we can't find someone who we're confident can put up most Salah numbers um, for the, the next three years. And um, to be fair, I think a lot of Liverpool fans would agree with that. Yeah, they sure would. And I mean, um, what an absolute Friday this is. It, it probably goes down as one of the greatest Fridays in Liverpool history for the main reason of uh, Salah has signed his deal. He's committed to Liverpool for the next three years and hopefully the next three years are filled with many trophies, uh, many songs and just many good times. Um, If you have listened to this podcast and you do like it, please do rate it five stars on Spotify or any other platform that you can do that on. Uh, We also have a YouTube channel, which will be in the description. We post videos on there um, every so often, little teasers, little parts of these shows. Um, So do go and give us a a sub over on our YouTube channel. Um, And obviously, we will be back again next week for another uh, Reds Unrestricted podcast. I mean, I don't know how it's quite going to top Salah signing a new deal, but hopefully uh, it will. Um, But until then, uh, up the Reds.